everybody. We are good to go. We're the Media Boat Podcast. Matt's back, everybody. Hey, I'm back. Uh, after being out and about in the state of Washington, uh, but I'm back here in California at home. Back with our regular show, regular uh, cast, regular lineup here, regular schedule. The regular show. Well, actually, well, no, no, not, not the that, regular not show. Uh, though we are a little uh, early, if you're watching live on YouTube today, uh, we're about 20 minutes earlier than usual. But the good news is, is that if you're watching, you know we're live on YouTube. If you don't know that, and if you're not watching right now, we are live on YouTube. Just search YouTube or YouTube for Media Boat Podcast. Mm-hmm. You'll find our channel. The the, the, po- the, the Pokemon uh, video sharing site on YouTube. No, not on YouTube. Yeah. We're live on YouTube, however, um, every Wednesday night, uh, right here uh, on our channel. So just like and subscribe, and you can see us when we go live. It's great. Uh, but yeah, let's get this show on the road. So the Media Boat Podcast, if you don't know, is a podcast all about media, about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. About news, about our thoughts, about recent releases, about upcoming releases that we're excited for, and more. Uh, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. That was a pretty long-winded intro for yeah. 184 right. yeah. episodes. But you know what? Every episode is someone's first. I always believe in that mantra. That oh, no, no. I, I believe in somebody, that, too. That yeah, somebody is, is always coming in. You have to tell them at the mm-hmm. top, because otherwise somebody's going to be like, well, I don't know what's going on. What? You don't know what's going yeah. on? We've been doing this for a yeah. Okay, yes. But that's our there job. There is an archive. podcast to tell you what's going on. And we're going to start... Telling you what's going on this yeah. past week with news. Well, real quick, I do want to mention today is July 10th, oh, yes. 2019. We are in the middle of summer. It's exciting, I know. Uh, and we're headed into the, the, the dog days here. It's getting hotter. Yes, which means news might be getting a little slow, a little stretch yeah, but, on what exactly we qualify as news. Hey, we'll see. But we'll see. And this is episode 182, I believe. Uh, 83? 84? 83, one of those. Anyways, let's get rolling into it. We always start the show with movies, and we always start movies with the weekend box office numbers. Now, although Spider-Man came out last mo- Tuesday, it was Monday released, but Tuesday, um, the weekend box office still didn't count until uh, Friday. So, there was no extended 4th of July no. um, weekend box office that there kind of normally is. So, no, we're not... Counting the entire stretch here, we're just going to be giving you raw weekend data here. Uh, so get ready. As you may have guessed, your number one movie was Spider-Man: Far From Home. Da da da. Because it's a Marvel movie, has Spider-Man in it. We sh- we really don't need to tell you why it's number one. No. You know. <laughs> At this point, it made ninety-two million dollars over the weekend, but in the entire stretch since it debuted, it is sitting at one hundred eighty-five million. Uh, domestic right now. So yep. that's a pretty decent chunk of cash for a first week. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty not good. bad. Obviously, this is not Avengers numbers. But no. It's a smaller movie. They didn't expect it to be. It's a solo film. As big. Yeah, but it is... It's comparable to Captain Marvel's numbers. It is, but Captain Marvel did hit a billion dollars. Yeah, eventually. But eventually. I think Spider-Man has a chance. Um, Internationally, is hoping. Maybe. Marvel is hoping that it has a chance as well. It just um, might do it. I may go into that later. It's right now. It's currently rumors, but we'll see. We'll see. 
Disney uh, hanging out. out also at number two with Toy Story 4 making another $33 million uh, mm-hmm. over the holiday weekend here. With a, a $306 million total domestic right now. Uh, easily successful. Yes, that obviously. is currently outpacing Toy Story 3's uh, box office. It's cooking. By, only by $10 million, though. But yeah, but yeah, still pretty good. That's still a good hit. Number three, uh, Beatles alternate history movie Yesterday with another $10 million adding to its $36 million pile. Uh, number four, Annabelle Comes Home came home to another $9 million for $49 million domestic right now. And yep. number five, Disney's Aladdin with another $7 million adding to its not nothing to sneeze at $320 million total domestic. Yeah. Still doing okay. It's uh, that's considered a hit. Yeah. Despite what you want to think about it, that is considered a hit. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering about last week's new release that wasn't Spider-Man, uh, a little bit smaller film, let's yeah, say. Yeah, the, the horror film, yes. Midsommar. Midsommar, uh, with a $6.5 million debut. Uh, but man, it seemed like a lot more people saw it, because nobody on my Twitter could shut up about this thing. <laughs> it was the thing to talk about. Nobody was really talking about Spider-Man, at least in my circles. Well, no one wanted to talk about Midsommar. It's funny, because in my circles, all anyone wanted to was talk about Spider-Man. It, that's funny. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Uh, but yeah, if you're wondering what's coming out this weekend... Well, what about watching this weekend? We have two movies uh, that you're going to have to tell me about because I have no idea what they are. First up, Crawl. Sounds creepy. Uh, this is a horror film. You don't say. In the vein of a shark film. Wait, but Crawl does not sound like something a shark is capable of doing. No. So what is this about? Sharks. Uh, a pl- your place floods <laughs> and the shark invades... What? Uh, and you have to fight off the shark. But the sh- does the shark crawl? No, you're supposed to crawl. You're, why are you crawling? You should be running from the shark. Uh, well, because, I don't know. I believe this is that movie. <laughs> I, I think that's the right movie I'm talking I don't about. Know if I don't know if you know what this movie is. Uh, I believe you should, we will see an ad for it soon. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. No. And then also, Stuber. Yes. What is Stuber? This is your comedy in the vein of Tag last year. All right. Where it's a dumb concept, but somehow it'll still be funny. Okay. Um, I only say that because the exact same ad plastering they did for Tag last year is what they're doing for for Stuber. How weird. It is, uh, stars Camille, Camille, Camille Nanjiani. Oh, this is the Camille Nanjiani movie. Okay, I've seen posters for this. Yes. Uh, where he's an Uber driver and a renegade, well not renegade, a cop, uh, takes over his car and they go on a buddy cop adventure where he is his Uber driver. Got Uh, it, okay. Yep, and it's called Stuber because his name is Stu and he's an Uber driver, therefore Stuber. It is supposed to be funny. That is the joke. Supposed to be. Oh, I don't know. Camille does funny stuff. He was recently in the hit comedy uh, Men in Black International. Don't you remember that hit comedy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hit. Uh, we might be stretching the term. Yes, in both hit exactly. and comedy. Yeah, both. Okay, good to know. Uh, those are the movies that are out this week, but before we move on to news, do you want to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home? Because you've seen it. Uh, well, yes, I probably should talk about Spider-Man here. Let's talk about Spider-Man here. So, okay, first, okay. before we get into this Far From Home, uh, two questions. One, One. 
how'd you like Homecoming? I mean, we probably talked about it on this very podcast. Yeah, I know we did. Uh, but I need a refresher. And then the second question is, is this a sequel to that movie, really? Or is this kind of its own thing? So, um, when I saw Homecoming, and we mentioned it here on the Media Belt Podcast, you can go and check our archives for it. But, TLDL. DR. No, DL. Oh, that's right. We're listening. Yes. I always forget. Well, because the acronym name is TLDR, but because we are a podcast, it's TLDL. Yes. So, TLDL, I thought it was an okay film. Not the best thing Marvel had put on. Uh It was an okay Spider-Man. It was basically like an introduction, a reintroduction into what the new Spider-Man is. I did like the Vulture character a lot. Uh, One, played by Michael Keaton. But overall, as a Spider-Man film, it was okay. Especially since it was coming off of Civil War. Right. In his introduction there. Um... Wait, no, I think it was Black Panther? (laughs) Maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Um, Possibly. It was a a, a summer film. Uh, Yeah. Before Thor. It was before Thor Ragnarok. That's right. Okay. So, yeah. It was an... I figured it was an okay film. Now, Spider-Man Far From Home is way better than that film. Okay. I like what they did with the film. I like that it is kind of an epilogue, not just to Endgame and the Avengers, but kind of like an epilogue to Tony Stark. And more of like, the film focuses a lot on legacy. And what is Tony Stark's legacy? How is it perceived as a legacy? Who will take up his mantle of of a legacy? Who is the next leader of the Avengers? Uh Where does this story now go as it not only like end caps um, the MCU after 10 years but it also kind of needs to set up who's going to be the next leader of the Avengers and where else right. is it going to go and you see I'm kind of stretching here because this thing is pretty big uh-huh. in, in terms of what it covers in the in the two hours yeah. of runtime, which is a lot and fantastic <laughs> and I was kind of like Wow, they're packing a lot into this film, and I am really enjoying every aspect of it. Okay. Uh, the uh, the villain, Mysterio, absolutely loved it. Some of the best, like, acting Jake Gyllenhaal has done, bar like on par with Nightcrawler, which I think he should have won an Oscar wow. for. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Because yeah. I remember people talking about that performance very highly Yes, uh, back in the day. I loved what he did here. I loved what he did with the character. I loved that they took the background of the comic form that is Mysterio, uh-huh. his origin backstory of being a visual effects artist, and then just basically compounding on that into modern-day technology or at least in the MCU technology, yeah. is something that was both mind-bending, mind-boggling, and yet I completely followed everything they were doing at the same time <laughs> and completely agreed with what they were doing. And I was like, yes, this makes sense in this universe. I can't believe they were able to pull this off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mysterio is by far the best thing. It has one of the greatest sequences in Spider-Man lore. Cool. Um, in terms of just the visual effects that were going on in this thing. Uh, they played a lot around with Spider-Man 
being a leader, even though he is still technically 17, 18 Yeah, he's, a, he's young. Enough. He's still in high school. Um, the, the idea is that they're going to finish off this Spider-Man trilogy with him graduating high school, and then possibly starting the next trilogy with him going through college and life outside of being a high schooler, mm-hmm. dealing with actual life stuff and getting jobs and daily bugles and all the fun stuff that comes with being Spider-Man and not being paid to be Spider-Man. But that's in the future. This film, Far From Home. Um, yeah. I, there's a lot I can say about this film, but it goes, like, and like praise it, but it goes into, like, spoiler territory real uh, easily, real quickly. This is an endgame situation where yeah. to talk about this movie is probably talked about a lot of things. Yes, both, um, especially the stuff that I do like and do want to continue to talk right. about, and that's not just stuff that affected the Spider-Man lore and Spider-Man's yeah. own story, but also the bigger picture of the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, and where it's going to go from here. Um, but it is really well done. I can see why people are saying this is the best Marvel film even though I still think Endgames and all its themes and tones mm-hmm. kind of wraps up everything really well that I like it better. Are people saying that really? People have really liked this that much? According to the advertisements they oh. are. <laughs> <laughs> so a quote from some dude. Some quotes from some people yeah. clearly say that this is the best superhero of the summer. Yeah, well, this is a week of hyperbole in a lot of different ways, but we'll get to that Oh, later. no, it is. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah... Definitely go out and see this film. I love how they played on not only their advertising campaign to to not only the MCU audience, but just audiences in general. I loved how they played up against just the term of legacy within the MCU and the terms of respect and the terms of people in charge. Um all throughout this film. Mm-hmm. It definitely has layers, and that's what I really love about films. You know I love my onions and layers. Uh-huh. And yeah. my cake, 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 oh, cake, 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 cakes. Oh, I know you love layers. Oh, I love my layers. Uh, and this <laughs> film definitely has a lot of layers. I like how they incorporate a lot of from a lot of aspects from the comic books, from the cartoon, mm-hmm. from the lore that they've generated on and where they want to push the story forward. Um... I like the changes that they did between the style changes between MJ and Ned and Nick Fury and Mysterio and Peter Parker. It's all little changes that work within that work without it being ever too out of left field. Why are you doing this? Uh-huh. I don't like it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but yeah. Go see this film. Okay. It's really good, um, especially... You've already seen it if you're a fan of the MCU because it's the so, new thing. yes or no, do I need to see Homecoming to understand what's happening here? No, you do not okay. need to see Homecoming to understand what's happening. Hearing questions. <laughs> to make sure, because, yeah, like, there's no easy way to see it. It's not on streaming. So I either yep. have to, like, rent it or, like... Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything, like, of importance that happened in Homecoming that you need to see. Yeah, but I don't know. No, because everything that happens like happens at the end, okay. but then it kind of like picks up right, right into in Infinity War. Yeah, scenes. So it's like, yeah, I guess you have a point there. 
Or not to Infinity War, sorry, to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Picks up into Infinity War and then picks yeah. up into the beginning of this film. Okay. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I'm not losing a beat because yeah. I've. Because you've seen Spider Man in Civil War. Right. You've seen him in Infinity War and Endgame for the brief time he was in. Right. So, yeah, there's no real need to see Homecoming moving forward. I think that is now becomes one of the more skippable things uh-huh. in the MCU. Or at least less essential. Yeah, the less essentials. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so that's gotta go see it uh, from the patented media boat scales. So yes, it does. See some Spider-Mans, uh, because you got a week until Lion King, so might as well. Anyways, <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's, uh, that means we get to move on then, because I, I didn't see any new movies this week. While, while you were in Washington the whole time? No, we did not see a movie. While you were on the plane? No, I did not watch any movies. Oh. But what we did do it for you uh, people at home is we gathered up some movie news for you, which we're more than happy to talk about. Oh, yes. Our first story is about Disney, because of course it is. In fact, both of our stories today are about Disney. Yes, uh, but first one deals with Disney's dominance at the box office. So yeah, needless to say, with Spider-Man on top again this week, we're only halfway through the year, and Disney has already made $2 billion at the domestic box office. <laughs> that, compare that with the $2.3 billion they made in total over the entirety of 2018. Now, before you start comparing years, or like the whole year to half year, they did release the same amount of films as they did last year, <laughs> um, nine films in all the last, total of last year, right. to the nine films they released in the first half of this year. It just means that this is going to be a crazy record year for them, considering they have more stuff in the pipeline, <laughs> including two juggernauts, The Lion King, and frickin' Star Wars. Um, this year is not even close to being done. Oh. There's another Juggernaut coming out this year. Okay. What would that be? Uh, just continue reading. Alright. Oh, yeah, but less probably... Oh, yeah, and Frozen 2 is also this year. Yes. That's right, I forgot about that one. And there's the Maleficent sequel yeah, as well this year. Yeah, no one cares about that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> It'll still make at least half a million dollars. But yeah, so they hold four out of the top five spots in the worldwide box office for the year, totaling 5.8... Or, I mean, not for the year, for all time, I guess. Right? Wait. What? That has to be all time, right? Because that totals $5.8 billion? Uh, yes, that is $5.8 billion for the global box oh, office. Oh, that's global this year. Okay. This year, global yeah. box office. This tops their total box office revenue, and uh, they still have four films to release, as we mentioned. Lion King, out in two weeks. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, the sequel to Maleficent. That was about in October. Frozen 2, which is November. Yes. And then December, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Which it'll get its first weekend haul, and then all the subsequent oh, yeah. will go into the next, the next year. year. But needless to say, those are some huge movies that are destined to be big. Well, maybe except for Maleficent. But the rest of them like are going to be juggernauts. Yes. Like, that's just a fact. And like they're going to finish the year in style, I'm sure. I'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, not surprised anymore, but I think most people will be surprised... When they hear that Disney hits $3 billion domestically. Yeah. Because right now they're at, what, 1.3? Uh, or 2.3. 2. 2. 2. 2.3. Which means when Mikey comes out and hits that $700 million easily. In, like, two weeks. Well, no, <laughs> not $700 domestically. Yeah. But, like, worldwide. Worldwide it like will. two weeks, and it's sure it'll happen. Uh, so, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it'll just get crazier. 
beyond 2019 as they have announced some casting for another future hit. Oh, that brings us to our second story. It does. It brings us right into the casting for the live-action adaptation of The Little Mermaid. All right, put your pitchforks down, put your torches down, stop yelling at us. So we talked a lot about the Media Boat Podcast, how a lot of people on the internet are, one, idiots, and two... Uh, make big mountains out of little molehills. Yes. And uh, those two usually things uh, go hand in hand. And they did in this case as part of the casting announcements that Disney made for their Little Mermaid adaptation uh, included the casting of the lead mermaid, Ariel, as uh, with newcomer Halle Bailey. Not Halle Berry. Don't which, get confused here. Which is what I immediately thought when I saw that. I know someone else who did the same everyone did the exact same thing I did not I immediately (laughs) saw that last name is Bailey (laughs) anyways but yes uh, Halle Bailey uh, uh, who is uh, surprise not white I don't want to break anybody's brains here but there are other colors that you can cast for your fictional event of of, a mermaid movie you mean my mermaid doesn't have to be white? No, turns out Ariel can be whoever you want want them to be, and that's exactly my, what mean this this fictional creature of a mermaid. Right. Yes, the mermaids, which by the way do not exist and thus do not have a race. Anyways, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff you could say here, but yes, uh, Halle Bailey will be the star in the upcoming live reimagining of the classic film. She is one half of the R&B duo Chloe and Haley, uh, who uh, was up for a few uh, Grammys last year. Yes, I think they were up for Best New Artist as well. Correct, yes. Or New Duo Group, whatever, artists. Among others, cast in the film include Melissa McCarthy, Jacob Tremblay, and Aquafina. Yay! I want Aquafina to play. Did they announce who who everybody is, or just no? They these these three are currently in talks, but they're like finalized talks. Please let Aquafina to be like a female flounder, <laughs> just because her name is Aquafina. Aquafina. Can that be great? Uh, uh, no, be a dolphin. <laughs> just a dolphin, new dolphin character. Yes. Tina Aquafina. <laughs> too close to the, yeah, that's the, the yes. enforcement character. Yes, that's why. <laughs> Sex Tina Aquafina. Yes. Uh, so Holly uh, is only 19, by the way, currently signed to Parkwood Entertainment, uh, which is a label run by Beyonce, of all people. Talk about your connections. I know. And uh, Rob Marshall set to direct. Yeah, weird choice. Uh, <laughs> you're helming the Mary Poppins Returns, uh, which was a middle middle tier hit for uh, People who saw it enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought the soundtrack kind of sucked, but yeah. it was fine, fun, little for, for what? Movie. For based off a property that is 60 years old? But man, you might as well just see the first one, because everything that that movie is doing is trying so badly to be the original Mary Poppins. Without being too obvious that they're using a bunch of CG Yeah, stuff. but it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but yes, and uh, speaking of Mary Poppins Returns, which had a song and co-starred Lin-Manuel Miranda, he will also be involved in this Little Mermaid reboot and will compose a new song for the film. Hey, Your favorite, Lin-Manuel. So yeah, everybody uh, get ready because this thing is probably going to be just as much of a juggernaut as the lead-up to The Lion King has been, so just a matter of time until people are get get Little Mermaid crazy. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, this will be interesting. And uh, just to wrap up our Disney news movie segment here, yeah. the first trailer for Mulan is currently yes, out. a teaser, we should say. Teaser. It's not a full trailer. Yes. Seems cool. And I'm saying as uh, this from somebody who uh, I generally don't really like the idea of these remake, live-action mm-hmm. remakes because, so far, 
They look very shot for shot. They seem unnecessary. This, however, is interesting. It looks like they're taking a slightly different take with Mulan. It looks mm -hmm. like a little bit more of like a classic, uh, like a period piece kind of film, like a classic like uh, martial arts film. Yes. More so than a, a Kira Kurosawa film. Eh, maybe not exactly yeah. that. Maybe well. more so something modern, like something that Jet Li would have been. Yeah. Uh, but like something more like like that or Chow Yun Fat. There you go. No. Yeah. yeah, like a, a, a crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of vibe, okay. as opposed to being the musical that everybody expected this to be. Yes. Now, to be fair, we do not know if this is not a musical or not. Um, from what I have read, they will have the the original musical soundtrack uh -huh. in it, but without the words, just the interesting, just the instrumental. Okay, weird choice. But we have a lot that we don't know about this film, as I guess my point. And so it could go in a different direction. Maybe this is more faithful to the original than I think it is. But it has the chance to be refreshing, and Wait, that makes the me original? Interested. Yeah, the original Mulan. The original Mulan? Yes. The first Mulan. The, the film Mulan. The animated film Mulan. Okay, because you know that's based off the Chinese. Well, yeah, I know story. it's based off the That's what I thought you were talking about no, that. No, I am... <laughs> Purely just talking about like the animated, the animated film Mulan, yeah. which is this is based on specifically. Okay. This is an adaptation of that. This is not an adaptation of the original story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll incorporate more elements of the original story, but probably not. I'm seeing this as just like they're doing the animated film a different way. Okay. But we'll see. I don't know. What did you think about this? Well, I kind of enjoyed the trailer. Yeah. It, it did what it wanted to do. I was kind of interesting to see if they're going to make the reveal a lot sooner. Yeah. And then just have her be a female warrior. Just, they'll just accept it. Maybe. They could do that. Yeah. Which I feel like that would be a lot better. Like, well, we need people. So yeah. you're still here. We can't let you go. Yeah, where she is like a deal with this kind of thing. Like, yeah. no, you're just going to have to be fine with this or else we're not going to win this war. Right. Yeah. They could do something like that. It would be interesting uh, where they take this. All right. That means that we're done with moving news, unless there's anything else you want to add before we move on to television. Uh, no. Okay. Not, not recently. All right. Let's move into TV, and we always start television with sports. And what a weird week for sports, as we're speaking on the one day of the year where there are none. What? Well, two of them. Well, two one of two. Uh, where there's guaranteed no sports. But yeah, welcome to mid, uh, 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 like second week of July, Yeah, where nothing happens. Uh, there are some things, though, that happen in the sports world that are pretty major, including... The majors. Our favorites. No, no, not the majors. No, we'll get there. Yes. Uh, our favorites, the U.S. women's soccer team, because yes. they've done it again, people. They're back-to-back -back champions. Back to Suck it, Germany. Back. They took the FIFA World Cup by storm, becoming back-to-back -back champions, just like 2015, where they won. Uh, so, yeah, yep. uh, celebration happened in uh, New York today. Uh, they got a big parade. Mm -hmm. Everybody's super thrilled about it. Everybody's obsessed with all the, all the, the players, uh, your favorite Alex Morgan among them. Yep. But also, uh, new, uh, well, not new, but like hot shot Megan Rapinoe uh, making headlines. Funny how you say Rapinoe, not Rapino. Is that her name? Yes. 
I didn't know. Well, okay, so I've watched like five different journalists say her names five different times. Okay, so five different who knows ways. how you actually say it then. But. It's Rapino, it's Rapino, it, yeah. it's Rapino, Rapino. I've only seen it written, I hadn't heard it yes. spe- said before, so I just guessed on that one. But yeah, and everybody's uh, uh, somehow uh, shocked to see them, like, I don't know, kissing their girlfriends in the stands, which is like, yeah, like, people have girlfriends, get over yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that was uh, Tobin Heath making waves, kissing her girlfriend. Yeah. It was like, yeah, okay, why are you making this news? Right. Like, oh, because we finally, like, she just came out as gay. Like, cool. and it's news because. Yeah, great. And you uh, care because. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, it's been a pretty mixed feeling, though. It's like, it seems like a lot of people are, like, thrilled that we won again. Uh, and then a lot of people are just, like, mired in the politics of it all, unfortunately. Oh, yes. A lot of people are mad that they've, uh, the team has pretty much been very clear that they will not be visiting the White House, uh, but they probably won't be invited anyways because of how our president is. Well, I don't know if the president <laughs> even congratulated them. I don't think he did. Yes. Yeah, very telling when you think about it. It's also very telling when the only uh, U.S. official, or like diplomat there, was the Secretary of <laughs> something. Something. Some sort of cabinet position. It was either that or it was like the ambassador to, the, to France. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but obviously here at the Media Boat Podcast, we are very excited, and yes, yeah, we, congratulate we, the team we, on the win. Yes, we unabashedly love the women's U- U.S. Yes. soccer team. Some uh, of us more than others. Anyway, <laughs> anyways. So, yeah, anyways, that was the big uh, sports news, but other stuff happened. Yes, that was not necessarily the big sports news, but Meanwhile, it was the big global news. Meanwhile, on NASCAR, Daytona oh, happened. Well, Real briefly. Meanwhile, okay. on the men's soccer team, oh, yeah. they played in the uh, CONCACAF Cup against, uh, or the Gold American Cup yeah. against Mexico, okay. which we could have had a possibility of both teams winning. But no. But no. <laughs> Men lost uh, 1-0 to Mexico. I saw uh, a tweet that uh, I, I really liked uh, that was... At this point, we should just be calling women's soccer soccer and men's soccer men's soccer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because at this point, really, that's the When we were talking about U.S. soccer, you were like, just talking the, about... The one the that matters is not yes. the men's anymore. <laughs> or ever, really. Ever. Uh, but yeah, um, let's move on. So yeah, and meanwhile, I'm racing in NASCAR, Daytona. Daytona happened, and Ross Chastain was your big winner. Yes. He slammed a watermelon and everything. Yes. As they do, I guess. No, they don't. Is that not a tradition? That is not a tradition at Daytona. I looked at it and I was like, surely this has to be some sort of tradition I don't understand. No, that is not a tradition at... No. He did that? He did it. Okay. Um, He is... It's (laughs) it's a really great story. Okay. And maybe you get into NASCAR because of it. Oh, no. What? Uh, so, Ross Chastain <laughs> comes from a a family of farmers. <laughs> a family of watermelon farmers. Oh, you don't say. Okay. So, when he finally won a race, he's only won one other race before, uh-huh. but whenever he wins oh. a race, he's making this tradition to where... He smashes a watermelon. He goes out to the... Um, the uh, the checkered road, uh-huh. the yeah. finish line. Finish line. Takes the watermelon and slams it on the ground. So where does he get this watermelon? Eat. Does somebody from his farm bring it to him? Yeah. Okay. They just have a watermelon on. Just have him on. Have a watermelon there in case yeah. he wins, uh-huh. and then he just smashes it on the finish line <laughs> and then eats the watermelon. Oh, that's pretty good. It is really great. Um, it's 
Like, he may be my new favorite driver because of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, he also just recently launched a new uh, line of watermelon clothing to honor his victory and get people aboard him on, on the uh, watermelon train. <laughs> watermelon train. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see I'll, if it catches on. I'll, I'll show you the links yeah. to it. It is pretty hilarious. That's yeah, pretty good. All right, uh, less uh, messy news. Uh in basketball, uh, the NBA has approved one coach challenge per game for next year. So challenges yes. uh, find their way to basketball. Yes, uh, coach challenges find their way to basketball, but you can only challenge if a foul has occurred on your team. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Um, this means that if you think a foul occurred, you cannot say coach's challenge. I think there was a foul there. I should, We should get uh, uh, free throws because of it. No, that does not. that's not how this works. Yeah, a foul has to occur in order for you to challenge it, and a foul has to occur against your team in order to challenge it. Okay. So if you think like a ball was um, goaltending, there was goaltending, but the rest didn't call it. Nope, you cannot challenge that. If you think the ball was out, nope, you cannot challenge that. Uh, mostly because there's already a challenge in, or they already reviewed that. It's just if the foul was called against your team, then you can challenge it, but you only get one per game. So, use it what you will. This is their first foray into it. It will be um, used next year only, but if it turns out to be useful, they'll continue to implement it. Okay. But next year is technically like the trial year, the one year they'll do it. Okay. Neat. All right. Yeah. Uh, We'll see how that works out, I guess, when uh, the next season starts. Yep. Uh, That's NBA, though, so that's in October. A while. Uh, but was not a while, though, uh, but uh, continued a streak of wins. In baseball, the All-Star Game happened. Yes, uh, the All-Star Game happened Yes, yesterday. And the American League won again. Uh, that makes it seven in a row. Yeah. And your MVP, Justin, I mean, what's a- his first name? Alex. Alex Bieber. Yes. Not to be confused. No. Bieber from the pitcher of the Cleveland Indians, which it was in Cleveland, by the way. Well, then. So that's why he kind of won. Wow. Also, okay. also, the American League pitchers pitched 16 strikeouts. Woo! Yeah. Hot. 16 strikeouts over the course of nine innings. Nice. Very well done. Yeah. Very well done. That's a good game. Yeah. I've been pitching a lot lately, so I know. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, get that, I'll get to that in video game. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's pretty impressive. I'm kind of sad I didn't watch this. It sounds good. Yeah. Uh, what you're not sad you watched was uh-huh. the home run derby, though. Right, yes. Mets rookie Pete Alonso won the home run derby. But. But he should not have won. No, because Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit 91 home runs. Throughout the competition and set the round records. He set the round record in the opening round, hitting 29. <laughs> he set the round record in the second round by hitting 40. <laughs> and he set the round record in the third uh, by hitting 22. However, because Pete Alonzo went second in all of his rounds, uh-huh. he only had to hit one more than the previous guy, except compared to Vlad Guerrero, who had to went first in all his rounds. And had to set the tone for all of it, meaning he had to exert all his energy every single time. Jeez. And thus ended up hitting 91 home runs, beating the previous record. I'm sorry, not beating. 
smashing. Smashing. Sorry, no, not smashing. Obliterating (laughs) the previous record of total home runs, which was set at 61. And he hit 91. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. And he still lost. That's insane. So yes, even though even though in the record books it'll say Alonzo is your home run derby yeah. king, no, it's yeah. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Wow, who, which who are both rookies, by the way. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So it'll only be a couple years till the Angels try and pick them up. Okay. <laughs> and then lastly, in the world of tennis, we take it to Wimbledon, where a fifteen-year-old upset Venus Williams. Yes. Can you believe that? The new golf. Yes, Coco Goff uh, <laughs> beat Venus Williams and became the youngest player to make it to the quarterfinals. Uh, but uh, meanwhile, Roger Federer won his 100th set at Wimbledon, so that's a milestone for him. Uh, 100th set match, match. Well, 100th match. 100th match. It says set here, but yes. Well, because yeah, well, I think I wrote that down wrong, because each yeah. individual yeah, game is a set. Two, well... Yeah, you have your games. Yeah. But you have to win seven games to win a set. Yes. And you have to win three out of four sets, sets to, win to win the match. match. And so he won his 100th yeah. match. Match. Got it. Yeah. Still pretty impressive. Uh, oh, no. Not 100 match, like, in total. Uh-huh. Just only at Wimbledon. Okay. Yeah, right. So he's been playing for, like, 15 no, years now. But, yeah. yeah. Um, 100th match at Wimbledon. And then uh, lastly in sports news, all of this and more will be celebrated as we speak because ESPN's ESPY Awards are happening right now. Yes. If you're on the East Coast, you're watching them currently. If you're on the West Coast, you have to wait till late. Yep. Uh, but they will be airing tonight. Uh, so by the time you hear this, they'll probably already be over. Yep. Yay. <laughs> so Manly Man Tears will have been shed. Oh, I'm going to go shed some Manly Man Tears when we're done here. Exactly. I'm sure some Manly Tears right here. Uh, the U.S. Women's Team, as we mentioned before, yeah. had their ticker take parade in New York. Yeah, mention that. But they'll also be at the ESPYs, which are on the West Coast. Cool. So immediately after their celebration at like 10 a.m. East West, East West Coast, at like yeah, so it'll be like one o'clock. Uh-huh. Like so, they jumped on a plane at like one o'clock, flew across country just to be at the ESPYs by five o'clock start time. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right, anything else in sports we need to clean up before we move on to television? Oh, no, we talked a lot in sports. I figured we did. Let's talk about TV news, because we've got some TV news. Uh, first up, this was a big one this week. We knew it was coming. It we... was only a matter of time, but Warner Media, the parent company of some brands you might recognize, such as Warner Brothers Pictures... Uh, the, the, the CW, HBO, uh, HBO, the DC Universe Online, yep, DC Universe, all of that and more, have finally announced their streaming service as we knew they would. Yes, um, we previously reported last two weeks ago um, about The Office leaving Netflix and NBC starting its own streaming platform. We knew it was only a matter of time until Warner Brothers did the exact same thing. And surprising me, but maybe not surprising a lot of people. I think surprising a lot of people. They've chosen to tie it to the HBO brand of all the possible branding choices they could have done and have named it HBO Max. I think they did this because HBO Go and HBO Now are yeah. already established things. Yeah. Also, and they already HBO's hot right now. I mean, they're coming is. off the tail of Game of Thrones being the biggest thing on television. Right. And they're also on the tail of Chernobyl. Yeah. Uh, just wrapping up. And Euphoria currently 
gaining viewers as episodes go on. There's logic to the choice, but I'm just still like, kind of like, oh, well, they could have called it Warner, so that way people knew that they're not just getting HBO stuff from this. Right, but I think they also, what do you call it, Warner Max? Yeah, maybe, but... Because you can't call it Warner Plus, because you can be with Google Plus. Right. But it's too late now, it's, it's HBO Max, that's what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. So what is this? What US? is HBO Max? It is their new streaming service, which is set to launch in spring 2020. It will debut with 10,000 hours of premium content. This will include, among many, many other things, The French Prince... Wow, The French Prince. Wow, I'm way off. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Pretty Little Liars. Friends, after it leaves Netflix, for $85 million per year for for five years, by the way, for the contract there. Yeah, it's like $425 million over the course of five years. Crazy. So yeah, uh, these shows will join all HBO current series and library content, as well as CW Originals, starting with Batwoman and Riverdale, and then later expanding to all their DC library, all their DC shows like mm-hmm. Arrow, Flash, etc. Yep, anything that's been on the CW, including um, Dean and Tom. No, uh, Supernatural. <laughs> It's Dean and Tom. Who's <laughs> Tom? It's not Tom. <laughs> Although the, the scary thing for me, though, and that's not mentioned in your story here, this also includes content from Cartoon Network. Yes, it does. This is where I possibly might get like have a problem with this. Because currently I watch all my Cartoon Network stuff through Hulu. Mm-hmm. If this takes the stuff off of Hulu... Then I'm locked into getting HBO Max if I want to see any of the shows I watch on Cartoon Network. Right, and there's a lot of good stuff on uh-huh. Cartoon Network. That's scary. And good stuff still to come on Cartoon yeah. Network. Like, if I can't watch, like, the, for example, the theoretical final season of Steven Universe unless right. I get this thing, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> but we'll get to that. that that's when we start that. sharing accounts. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, there's no current word about how this will affect existing Warner Media streaming services, such as HBO Now, HBO Go, CW Seed, and DC Universe. Right. DC Universe being specifically the most interesting case here, because it is purely a streaming service. There are things on it that only exist on it. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do they keep it on its little DC island, or do they roll it all in and just terminate it? Or Or do they have this out as well and then have a tier above it called that Warner Streaming and yeah. that gives you access to everything yeah, or yeah. you can get a la carte like I just want HBO Go I just want HBO I just want DC yeah. stuff I just want HBO the Max the problem you get there then is that that's not too different from just a la carte right packaging and that's what they're trying to get away from by putting it in one place. Mm-hmm. You get into the consumer confusion zone at that point yes. where consumers don't know what the one-stop shop option is. That's a, the only problem I can imagine with calling it HBO Max is people are going to see that and be like, oh, well, I already have HBO Go. Do I need this? Right, or I already have HBO Now. Why do I need this? So basically it's up to Warner to really do work on marketing this thing mm-hmm. to make sure people know what it is. Because right now, I think there's going to be a lot of confusion. But we'll see. We'll see. Because uh, it's going to be basically the uh, going head-to-head with Netflix and Disney Plus next year. You know what they should have called it? Aw. Uh. Aw? Uh, all Warner Entertainment. <laughs> A-W-E. Aw. Uh. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not terrible. But I feel like that what you just said 
was a pitch in like 1995. Probably. Because <laughs> that sounds like such a cable, deep cable ass <laughs> name for a channel. That's well, something in between Cinemax and like <laughs> stars right there. Anyway. I, I think it's like TLC? <laughs> no. The Learning Channel? <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's basic at this point. Alright, well, that's episode, uh, episode. That's story number one in television. Alright. Moving on to something much, much smaller. Uh, uh, yes, much, much more quick. The Walking Dead. Uh, is that's that a dead show that's still on. Is it? Is, I thought that was dead. I thought they lost all their like ratings and viewership. Well, apparently some people at AMC still believe in the franchise enough to keep some sort of Walking Dead show going. As well, a new series will debut and it's cast three major roles already. It will have Alexa Mansoor, who's been in Madam Secretor- Secretary, Nicholas Cantu, who's been in Sydney to the Max, and Hal Cumpston, that's a name, who's been in something called Bilched, which I've never heard of. Uh, Bilched is an Australian <laughs> TV show. Okay. So this is going to be our new Hemsworth. Uh, that we're stealing from Australia. They will all star. Uh, the show is the new show is to set uh, set to follow two female protagonists and focus on the first generation to come of age in the zombie apocalypse. So a zombie fast forward in time, I guess. A zombie land s yeah. set in The Walking Dead. Yeah, a but they sec- can't call it Zombie Land. <laughs> no. A second lead female role has yet to be cast, but I don't know who this is for because I feel like everybody who I knew who liked The Walking Dead, cared about The Walking Dead, has bailed. Right. Or you have Rise of the Walking Dead? Or wa- Fear of the Walking Dead. Fear of the Walking Dead yes. is the second one. I don't know. I don't know who this is for. And now you have Growing Up the Walking Dead. Growing Up the Walking Dead. Or Deadish. Like Deadish. Keep going. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. That's the one. That's my winner. <laughs> Alright, that's it for television news. Did you watch any television note this week? Because I really didn't. Uh, television of note? No. Yeah, I'm still watching. Um, I, I watched the sports stuff that we already right. went through. We already that about was it. what I watched. I uh, the, They keep dropping new amphibia episodes. Uh, there's pretty much been mm-hmm. one every day. Okay. I don't know why they're dropping the entire season in like five weeks, but here we are. Disney Channel's going to do what Disney Channel's going to do. Uh, but... Um, uh, my feelings about the show are a little bit more mixed now. It started really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting a little... I don't know. There's some tone issues in some episodes. I feel like they're trying to do a lot of different things with the characters. And I'm not really sure where it's going. There was finally another episode where they actually kind of... Circled back and talked a little bit about the mm-hmm. lore a little more. But... I don't know how I'm feeling about it so far. I'm still going to watch it because there's enough good like jokes and good gags in there to keep keep me occupied by it. But like in general, it's such a weird tone. It's just not as consistent as I think Star got. Uh, right, but that's again, the thing, though, first that, season. That's the first season. That's so, what you're dealing with. It's first season. Yeah. Working out the kings, figure out what characters play, spoiled. who wants to. Yeah. Day, who wants to go? It might get there, but yeah, I think I've just been spoiled with how on a roll Star got by seasons two, three, and four, and OKKO is has been its entire run. Right. Which segue season three of OKKO debuted this week. Hey, uh, six new episodes are up on the Cartoon Network app and Hulu if you have a Hulu Live subscription. 
Uh, if you don't, they've been dropping them weekly. Uh, so every week there's been a new one, I believe, on Saturdays. Uh, that show is still incredible. Uh, I think it's still the best kept secret in television animation. Uh, and not enough people are watching this thing. But it's great. It's like a, every episode is a love letter to everything. Classic cartoons. Everything classic animation. Like, mm-hmm. And that includes, like in the same episode, it can do homages to anime, to Hanna-Barbera, and somehow also to like really obscure Cartoon Network history, like mm-hmm. history shows or to like Ren and Stimpy era Nickelodeon shows. Right. Like every era of animation and every kind of animation you can think of, these animators are clearly fans of. And it is just so good and just like such a little like little niche thing that is both for no one and also for like everyone. <laughs> it is amazing and I'm glad that they get to make that thing what they want it to be. And yeah, it just keeps getting better. So yeah, that's my recommend, I think, this week, is if you're still not watching OKKO, uh, season three, uh, it just started, and yeah, it's good It's good stuff. You can see it all on Hulu right now. It's all on Hulu! Yeah, seasons one and two in their entirety are on Hulu, so if you want to catch up. Alright. Yeah. Alright, that's what I watched. Moving on to Cancellations and Renewals. Alright, what am I no longer watching? You are still watching The Good Witch on oh, Hallmark, as that's gotten its eighth season. In case you've been wondering what people are watching on Hallmark Channel. Yes. <laughs> that is what they've been watching. It's on its eighth season. Uh, CBS has canceled Ransom after three seasons. Okay. So Netflix is bringing back The Society for a second season. And those are your cancellations and renewals. Um, okay, real briefly. Yes. Um, I got my doctor to start watching The Good Place because it's on Netflix. Good stuff. And because she previously like jumped in at the beginning of season three... With the burrito. Oh, yeah. She had no idea what was going on. <laughs> but having her watch it from the beginning, like the first six episodes, she's like, okay, I'm kind of into sense, this yeah. now. I see why you like it. So we're going to watch the first two seasons because uh, they're on Netflix. Great. And then catch her up before season four in the fall. Awesome. Well, yeah. that's exciting. Uh, then, uh, but deaths. We move into deaths. And yes. we got some major ones this week. Major deaths. First up, uh, politician Ross Perot. Oh, no! Yes. The Green former Party. presidential uh, candidate, a billionaire, uh, yes. was able to was the most successful third party campaign, right. garnering twelve percent of the vote. Yes, and still remains that way, uh, as far as I know. Yes. Uh, also, uh, this week, Rip Torn, age eighty-eight, uh, one actor, of course, known for all sorts of comedic work, uh, but. People from our generation might know him from his uh, role in Men in Black. Yes, uh, as but yeah, as the leader back in 1996. Yeah. So yeah, Rip Torn, uh, crazy career, long career. There was a Twitter account, I don't know if you saw this this week. There was a Twitter account that was for a while, its bit was things that Rip Torn has outlived. <laughs> and it would just periodically tweet like once, like either somebody died or like something died or yeah. went away. It would tweet that Rip Torn outlived it. <laughs> and they had an existential crisis uh, when Rip Torn finally passed away. Oh, no. And uh, I don't know what's to come of that Twitter account, but I thought that was kind of a... Rip Torn has not outlived Rip Torn. No. I guess you go... No. I guess for novelty you'd go by length of age. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Also, uh, James Henke, age 65, he was a mu- music journalist uh, for Rolling Stone, among other things, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And a museum curator who helped uh, curate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting one. Put it on there. Yeah, Yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is pretty good. Oof, but this one's a rough one. Cameron Boyce, age 20. Yeah. Ugh. 
He was, he was an actor in Disney Channel shows such as Jesse and uh, Descendants. Was he in the movie Grown Ups? Uh, yes, he okay. was Adam Sandler's son in the movie Grown Ups. He was the young kid with the very dark hair and uh-huh. the very bushy eyebrows. Yeah, and I don't know what the circumstances here were, but that's very young. Yeah, um, they just... I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened. No. I don't want to misreport it. So no, I don't want to misreport it either. But. Anything. but yeah, that's rough. That's a rough one. Yeah. And then lastly, Eddie Jones, age 84, also an actor, uh, starred things such as League of Their Own, The Terminal, and uh, Lois and Clark. Uh, was a TV series. Yes. Superman. The, the, the Adventures of Superman. Yeah, the Superman TV series. Yes. Uh, but yeah, those are your deaths. So that means it's music time, and I hand this over to you. All right, we start music with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. That's your singles chart. One of the hottest singles in the land. Well, uh, once again, it is Old Town Road, marking it at 14 weeks. So, this is notable. Yes. Uh, So it now is in a three-way tie. Uh, with two other songs uh, that have lasted this long on the charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elton John's 1997 hit, Candle of the Wind, 1997. 97. And, and uh, uh, th- the other one, uh, which, oh, Boy is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Okay. Which was, I think, 98. So just after that. Right. But if it lasts three more weeks, count them, three more weeks, it will be the longest running number one single in history of the chart. So, Lil Nas fans, this is your chance to keep it rolling three more weeks. Somehow, I don't believe you. It's true. I thought the Macarena was no, there. No, the Macarena is already past the Macarena. I thought the Macarena was there for, like, no, 52 weeks, though. It is though. already past the Macarena. Okay. It's definitely not 52 weeks. Uh, for it may reason, have been in the chart for 52 weeks, but it was not number one for 52 okay. weeks. Yes, yeah, that number one spot. Yeah, that number one spot is coveted. And so far, it's getting close, though. It's kind of terrifying how close it is. I mean, everyone keeps... I mean, people... They've heard songs have come out to try and take out its crown. Yeah. But no. They've all failed. Yeah. So, matter of three weeks just to see if it can do it. Uh, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two is Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Yep. Number three... or number Yeah, number three is I Don't Care by Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber. And number four... You, Skipped three or four? <laughs> One, Old, Old Town Road. Two, Bad Guy. Three, I Don't Care. Four, Senorita by Sean Mendes and Camila Cabello. Oh, yeah, I missed one. You missed oh, one. Well. <laughs> oh, well. And a fifth, which shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but as for, I mean, that, those charts didn't change. Nothing changed. Yeah. It was a long. It's no, summer. Uh, one thing did it's change. Summer. I believe Senorita dropped from two to five. Oh, it might be what I changed. Think that's what happened. Okay. Uh, but as for your Billboard 200, your album's chart, uh, a new number one. It's Indigo by Chris Brown. Okay. All right. I have a confession to make. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, listen to every number one Because album Chris Brown. I think Chris Brown may have just completely ruined my momentum. Chris Brown killed it? I don't know. It's, I, I might, but I don't know, man. I don't want that on my Spotify history. I'll take the bullet. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, number two is The Seven EP by Lil Nas X. Yep. Number three is When We All When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Yep. Uh, by Billie Eilish. Number four, Let's Rock by The Black Keys. Yep. And number five, Acid Rap 
by Chance the Rapper. So this one is notable because obviously that's not a new release. That no. is Chance's first full-length album. Uh, the reason why it is back on the charts, though, is because Chance brought it to Spotify for the first time. It was previously ah. not available on streaming platforms. Uh, and he has uh, put the, all his uh, library on streaming um, in lead-up to uh, a new record that is supposed to hit sometime this month. Okay. So look forward to it. All right, and that brings us to new releases. <laughs> what was the chat say? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> chat is uh, catching up with things I said earlier in the podcast. <laughs> They're really, I've been quoted... People have girlfriends. Get over it. <laughs> so much, yes, uh, apparently they appreciated that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, what was that reference to? <laughs> the soccer players. Oh, the soccer players. People have girlfriends. Get over it. <laughs> People have girlfriends. Get over it. Whoosh. <laughs> uh, All right. That brings to releases. Yeah, it does. All right. And this week. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, but here are the new releases. Nothing on this list, let me tell you. All right, uh, first up we have Banks with three. Well, maybe one thing that's on this list. And we have Big K R I T with K R I T is here. Yeah. I'm trying to yell at you because it's in all caps. We have Bleached with Don't You Think You've Had Enough? I will probably listen to that. Uh, we've had, we have Cool Keith with. Keith! In all caps. All caps. Uh, we have Mersbau with Noise Mass. <laughs> we have New Order with number 12 large, 17 Myth. So, I copied and pasted this <laughs> because I was like, what is happening? I don't know. It's basically threw up. But you also <laughs> get uh, New Order plus Gilliam Gallic colon... So it goes. Wait, that's the whole thing. <laughs> that is one name. Like I said, I had to copy and paste it because I was like, I don't know. It's, this computer just died in the middle of naming this album for something. Uh, it's like a logarithm or something. <laughs> uh, but New Order, the band, Order. has yeah, a new know, album Order. out um, with Liam Gillick. So, or so it goes. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have Tycho with Weather and Ed Sheeran with Number six, collaborations project. So this is prop. This is a terrible name, by the way. I feel like he could have named this anything like else. I feel like this is not an official album. Because but he it is had, though, because the radio has been pumping this thing up for literal months at this point. Because really? all the singles, like his one with Justin Bieber, I don't yeah. care, and his one with Chance the Rapper, uh, which I don't know if you've heard it, but it's embarrassing for both of them. Okay, so this is definitely a collaboration album. It's a collaboration album. It is a proper album. It's just, I don't know why the hell he's naming it like it's like a mixtape. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm saying it's not a proper album because it's not plus, minus, divide, X. I know, right? That's his albums. This one's going to be parentheses or exponents. This is a collaboration album. So if you want to hear Ed Sheeran singing with other people, this is what this is. All right. Well, I don't. Well, then don't listen to this. (laughs) Although this will probably be your number one uh, not next week, but the following week. Probably. Probably. All right. Well, let's talk about music, music news. And as I said last week, we were talking about Taylor Swift. Because always. Because it was brought up last week. Yeah. Uh, for the unfortunate reasons. However, this is not this why week, we're talking about Taylor Swift. If you're Taylor Swift, this week is good news. But I, 
but also if you're Taylor Swift, this is not news because you're Taylor Swift and you already knew this is this is, this is the case. Yes, uh, as Taylor Swift has topped Forbes Celebrity 100 list, uh, the magazine's annual list for top paid entrepreneurs. Yep. I'm uh, sorry, entertainers, not entrepreneurs. Yeah. Top entertainers. paid entertainers. <laughs> That's a different list. It is. <laughs> Uh, with an estimated er- earnings of $185 million. That's a lot of money. This is the second time she's coming at number one, where she previously peaked um, in 16. That's right. In 2016, when she was 17. Is no, that- she was not 17 in 2016. Yes, she was. Uh, no, no, no it's she impossible. was 27. In no, 20- because Taylor Swift is older than I am. Yeah. By three months. Yes. And yes, I do hold in that. In 89. She was born in 89. Yeah. 19, December 1989. Yes, which makes 17, 27 and 16. Yeah, you said 17. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> math. That's not how it works. <laughs> oh, math. Oh, math. Uh, yes, making Taylor Swift the first music artist to take the Forbes, uh, to top the Forbes list twice. Uh-huh. Suck it, Beyonce. Uh, Forbes noted that Swift's 2018 Reputation Stadium, or Reputation Stadium tour, was the highest-grossing tour in the U.S. history, at 266.1 distinction a million dollars. Yeah, and also that the artist benefited from the new deal she signed with Universal's Republic label, and the sharing and the sharing proceeds. From Universal's sale of its Spotify stake. Um, because they factor in every type of revenue. So, this story is interesting because if you're exper- if you at home are experiencing Taylor Swift whiplash, you're not alone. And what I mean by that is because last week we were talking about how they how she basically is barred from owning her masters. Yes. And this week we're talking about how she's the richest entertainer in the world so you have to it's weird to try to like line these things up in your brain because basically we were talking about how she's being kept from basically earning more money and this week we're like does she really even need it (laughs) right but you guarantee the fact that she had to make 185 million dollars in all of 2019 or an estimated 185 million dollars to top the list but the company, uh, Big Machine Records, mm-hmm. was sold for $300 million. Right. It's just an absurd amount of money that you're thinking about there. Uh-huh. That she couldn't even buy... That There's no way she could have bought her own records back at that price. And another thing to... Uh, I mean, to answer, I guess, my own question here. Yes. I guess the important thing about last week's story was not Taylor Swift. The important thing about last week's story is that that could happen to anyone. Yes. Especially not people who are not Taylor Swift. People get, get screwed over by deals like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that was that Still, highlight. Still interesting. It was a very, very back and forth. Yeah. Want a better chair? No, I don't want a better chair. <laughs> what I do want is a Build-A-Bear. Do you want a Build-A-Bear? I'm, uh, I'd like to build a snowman. But, unfortunately, we have to talk about Build-A-Bear. <laughs> okay, what's going on with Build-A-Bear? Why are they in the music section? I don't know. Uh, but Build-A-Bear Records is a new label <laughs> being formed as a partnership between Mortar Media Group, Warner Chan- Chapel Music, and Build-A-Bear Workshop. Yeah. Yes, no, that Build-A-Bear Workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 
Build Bear Workshop is the brand that makes stuffed animals. Uh, you know, you in might, malls yeah, and open malls and Disney and yeah, they make stuffed animals and now they're going to be making music. What? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, in announcing the new music imprint, Warner Music Group's uh, arts mu- art music division said that Build-A-Bear is looking to evolve its retail operation into a more diverse business that includes original digital content. Although it was not disclosed exactly what kind of genres might be represented on releases from Build-A-Bear Records, the label will release albums, singles, and playlists according to the announcement. And although soundtracks are part of the plan, the imprint promises to sign and develop artists. I think I know where they're going here. Okay, what do you think? This is like a children's label? So, uh, yes, but you know how Rebecca Black kind of made it big? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have something like that where you can not just build your own bear, teddy bear, but you can build your own, build yourself in an artist type thing. I don't read it that way. I kind of do. See, that sounds like almost like it's an amusement company kind of thing. I don't think that's what this is. Well, this sounds to me like a niche, li- oh, like a smaller, like like educational children's kind of label where they can be like, all right, like let's cast this, like let's let's find these Disney like for kind Disney type kids, let's put them on the Build a Bear label and have their music at the Build a Bear stores, and let's uh, let's like market them towards the the demographic for Build-A-Bear, which is like, I don't know, 5 to 12? Well, I don't know, because I feel like it's more like, build a song where they'll give you the inference of a song. Here's how you should sing it. Here's here's what the lyrics are, and then you sing it and be the own artist. And if someone uh, from that artist no. from that becomes a viral sensation... Maybe, but I don't think so. I think that you, you're not being cynical enough about this. Maybe I'm not being cynical enough uh, about this. This is just a business deal. Well, yes, it's all business. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's all a business. It's all a business. It's all a business. Anyway. Anyways. Now uh, more. Okay. <laughs> uh, did you listen to anything? Uh, Any thoughts? No. No. Not really. I did. I listened to that Machine Gun Kelly album. Okay. Uh, Devil's Hotel or whatever. It's called. Okay. Um, I accidentally listened to this out of order <laughs> because my Spotify was set to shuffle. Uh, I hate when that happens. I know. It's like, oh, this is ruining the experience because the album's supposed to be from front to back. It said you yeah, just it depends all... on the album, but yes. I know, but in general, the album's supposed to be front to back, yeah. not all jumbled up. Here's all the stuff. Uh, but I did enjoy the album. I enjoyed that I was able to understand what the rapper was saying. <laughs> um, I was able to, to get a feel for what it was. Um, it started off a bit too industrial for me, but they kind of backed off and went more to, like, here's the actual, like, lyrics and rap that I'm actually trying to say yeah. and promote here. And I kind of liked that better uh, as the album went on. I can see why people like Machine Gun Kelly. He has a good voice. He has some good lyrics. He has some really good um, wordplay and banter. Um, not for me though. Uh-huh. The, the album's not for me. I'm not no. for that. But having listened to it, I could definitely 
see why people like this. I like see why people enjoy Machine Gun Kelly. I can definitely see a couple hits off of this thing. Um, it's definitely a good album if you like Machine Gun Kelly or you like that kind of... Uh, so are you telling me for fans of Machine Gun Kelly should check out the new Machine Gun Kelly record? We should probably get to check out Machine Gun Kelly anyways. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't like other albums where we've listened to where it just immediately puts me off. Why am I listening to this? Yeah. Why am I doing this to myself? No. I kind of enjoyed my time listening to it. I don't think I'll go back to it. But for what I experienced, I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving on to video games. We start with video game yeah. releases. Yeah. Slow week. Can you tell? Super slow week. <laughs> uh, we have Doctor Mario World. Okay. For so mobile. We don't usually talk about mobile phone games here, yes. but I feel like the Nintendo ones are an exception. Oh, because it's by the Nintendo because they're a company. Big deal. So a word of warning. So I've heard two different, very vastly different opinions about this thing. Okay. From some people, I've heard that this is freaking amazing and addictive. Uh, a lot of people do like it. From a lot of other people, though, is that it is classic mobile game deception. Apparently, an hour into the, playing the game, you feel like you get into the groove and you enjoy it, and that's when you hit the paywall. That's when you it's hit the paywall. Designed, I hear people likening it to the Pokemon Picross game on 3DS, ah. where in order to proceed to do new things, you basically have to pay them, or you're waiting like literally a day for a timer to expire. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it's that kind of game. Don't go into it thinking that it's just going to be just playing Dr. Mario against your friends. Apparently that's not even that. It's like a weird new version of Dr. Mario okay. with a bunch of yeah mobile stuff stuck into it. Okay, cool. Or not. Uh, or not we also mobile. have God Eater 3 mm-hmm. for the Switch yep. and Dragon Quest Builders for the PlayStation or Dragon two. Quest Builders 2 for the PlayStation and the Switch. Yep. Well, not a big release week. No, but speaking of the Switch, yeah. So breaking today. today, yes, this today, out of left field and right field. We, we kind of knew it was happening. We, we knew Nintendo was developing um, the smaller version of the Switch. What we didn't realize was what exactly they were going to give us. Yeah, and also we didn't realize how soon it was going to be. Yeah, uh, but we have the. New Nintendo console, technically. The new version of an existing Nintendo Yes, uh, the Switch Lite. Um, yes. yes, they announced it uh, today. Uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite is a leaner version of the, ex- of the existing Switch model that sacrifices some features, but for $100 cheaper. Yeah. Um, the current retail price for this is $200. Yeah. Compared to the $299, $300 version of yeah. the Switch version. But what are they actually sacrificing? That's what everyone wants to know. Yeah, what is this? What? Why should I get this one over the regular Switch version? Besides it being cheaper and I can only afford the $200 version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can buy the, uh, the Switch Lite on September 20th with three different colors. You can get it in... Um, Pokemon Yellow. I assume it's Pokemon Yellow because it's revived <laughs> right at the same time as these uh, new Pokemon. It's game. funny that you say that because apparently there will also be a limited edition Pokemon version of the Switch Lite. Oh yes, there will be. I saw that as well. Mm-hmm. Forgot that's a thing because uh, it has blue on one side, red on the other, for the Sword and Shield. 
but anyways, uh, they'll come in three different colors, a yellow, a teal, and an off-gray color. Yeah. Or a not-that-black switch version. Kind of like a neutral gray. Yeah. Uh, more aesthetically pleasing gray. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the Switch Lite will feature a 5.5-inch screen that displays at a resolution of 720 pixels. I've heard it being compared. Compare that to the 1080 version. I've heard it being compared, the screen of this thing being compared to... Um, your big smartphone. Yeah. So, for example, your, like, Galaxy Note kind of thing. Yep. Your... That's a 5.5. Uh, iPhone, whatever, the XL thing. XL. Yeah, it's that size. So, yes. think smartphone. Yes. Um, or, if you want to just take the actual screen of the Switch, uh -huh. that's about the size right there of the whole thing. Uh -huh. It's also about the weight of the whole thing as well, as it is about 33% lighter than the Switch. Switch proper, Switch Prime... What are we calling it? Switch one. The switch. The switch. Because this is the switch light. Yes. Just like the DS, the DS light. Yes. Same naming convention. Additionally, the switch light will no longer be able to connect to the TV via USB-C and yes. HDMI. You cannot dock it. You cannot connect it to a television. It is not designed for that. Nope. This uh, is a purely dedicated handheld system. Yep. This means that the switch light is being positioned as a purely handheld switch handheld platform, as which, opposed to the hybrid yeah, version. which means we knew it was happening, coming. This is it. This is, we can finally officially say it. The 3DS, the 3DS is, is dead. dead. <laughs> yep. We knew that. They were already yeah. going towards this, but this yeah. confirms it. This confirms the 3DS is dead. A handheld-only version of the Switch means that there's no plans to extend the DS line. The DS line is dead. Yep. Um, but this also means that you will not be able to play the entire lineup of Switch games. Yeah, because the other thing about this, I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, you, you, did cannot, not, you do not have the detachable Joy-Cons. It right. is just one single unit. The Joy-Cons are attached to their permanent like. So this eliminates the HD rumble. Mm -hmm. This eliminates the um, the IR tracking. Yep. This uh, eliminates motion control. This Except for tilt control. I believe that's still in the Right. System. This also eliminates automatic co-op play. Yeah, so you can't play Mario Kart with one Switch Lite. Right. With your friend with one Switch Lite. Yep. Uh, there is also no back kickstand oh, Well, I this. take that back. Unless I'm sure you can wirelessly connect a different controller. That's probably fine. Yeah, yes, I think you can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's no backstand for this, so yeah. you can't take it mobile and then put it back and watch movies on it. This is strictly a well, handheld. you can't watch movies on it anyways. It doesn't have nothing. Oh, does that definitely? That's Hulu, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah you can watch a movie on you can watch Hulu. Hulu. So you, can't, you can't watch Hulu stuff on it. But yeah, you have to physically be holding it the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, but it is lighter. It still will come with the 32 gig internal yeah. storage. Uh, but yeah, it's lighter. The actual D-pad is an actual D-pad now. No need for yes. buttons. Yes. Which some people actually like. Right, yeah. Some people are very happy about that. Yeah. Uh, but it is the lighter version of the switch. I mean, this checks out. Like, looking yeah. at this today, I wasn't super surprised. I was surprised by the price and I was surprised by the release date. Because that's soon and that's cheap. Right. Those are the good news here. That is coming out immediately for the holiday season. The rest of this, this makes 100% sense. Like, this is a good option for a younger demographic mm -hmm. who doesn't care as much about the fidelity of playing something on the television. Or for some people who only have one TV and can't afford yeah. to do it. This is definitely made for people who 
were handheld Nintendo gamers. Yep. Didn't necessarily like have the the home consoles as much, and were just playing like the, the their DSs for for the last ten years, mm-hmm. fifteen years. Uh, <laughs> it's getting there almost fifteen years next year. Uh, but yeah, yeah. it'll be it, like it's it, it'll be a way for those people to get in on the Switch, and really, the things that they're sacrificing, not a whole lot of games took advantage of. When you think about the IR tracking, the motion control, and the HD rumble, really the game that comes to mind first is the launch game One Two Switch. Right, and Arms. And Arms, and like even Arms had a control mode. Right. So and really, you're not being locked out of like a lot, that many experiences with this. No, and even though you could also use it in uh, Super Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. you can still complete the game with it attached. And of course, smart Alex out there are all pointing out that this is basically a, a, a Sony Vita. Because yes, you're right, it is basically a Sony Vita. Yeah. Except Nintendo figured out that the Vita came at the wrong time. People weren't ready for that kind of experience to be handled yet. So, it makes sense that that idea is being revisited here. It is a handheld with a widescreen with a touchscreen. <laughs> it is the Vita again. Yes, with two knobs for yeah. controllers. Knobs. For back buttons. People love those two knobs. Two analogs. Yeah. And you can play games from the premium console so, as well. So yeah, but I'm also seeing a lot of people on the internet that are confused about why this exists. But I think it will find a niche. I mm-hmm. think it's available for there, like for the people who want it. And you know what? Nintendo has no plans about stopping selling the original Switch. So if you care about stuff like connecting to the television, and you it's care about motion control, I don't know who you are out there, crazy person who still does, but somebody I'm sure does care about motion control, there is still this original Switch for you. And I saw it today... The rumor about the like deluxe XL version of the Switch mm-hmm. still might be alive. That hasn't been killed yet. Yep. So if we come into 2020 and say around this time next year, that may be a thing that also happens. Right. You'll, you'll get your 4K. Right. Your uh, up, well, probably up not your 4K. I know. But you'll probably get your deluxe, like bigger, like uh, higher, like like computer computing model of the Switch. But for now. I think this is smart. This is a really smart move, and I think it'll be a lot, an entry-level switch for a lot of people who were ready to mm-hmm. like pull the switch, like <laughs> to pull, pull, the pull, switch. pull the trigger on the switch, pull the trigger, but like it hadn't yet. Yeah, like you. Yeah, yeah. Make, make the switch. This like answered the, the the worries I think you had about this thing. Probably, but you probably will just get a switch. I'll probably get a switch. Anyway, yeah. So also that's... perfect for Pokemon. Oh yeah. It's launching at the good time because people who have played Pokemon mainly as as it has been a mobile on a mobile device, and now it kind of still is. It kind of still is. (laughs) Somehow, somehow they made that happen. Somehow they will never be a home release. Yeah, I don't think Nintendo will ever release another dedicated home console after this. Now, yeah, I think the Switch has changed their business model. Yep, they get everywhere. Here we are. All right. Uh, Speaking of changing business models, Uh Shenmue Three. (laughs) <laughs> Talking about creating your own business model. <laughs> oh, the hotly anticipated Shenmue 3 going epic exclusive. Uh-huh, that happened. Has caused a stir amongst PC Kickstarter backers. Uh, developer WiseNet provided an update on the Switch. Uh, not the Switch, but the change. Yeah, the change, yes. Uh, <laughs> but the studio is still... Uh, 
uh, still stressing concerns. Uh, refunds are now being offered to Kickstarter backers who choose to rescind their investment, and Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney confirmed the company will take responsibility to avoid impacting Shenmue 3's development budget. Okay, so basically what's going on here is that Shenmue 3, which of course is the sequel to Shenmue 1 and 2, yes. uh, uh, most popular on the Dreamcast, I believe they did come out on other consoles later. Yes, and, and this, rem- remixes, HDs. If you don't know what it is, it was kind of this beloved, like, uh, RPG open world game that actually predates Grand Theft Auto 3, which is why this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. is because it was doing the open world like quest-based kind of game before GTA did it. GTA just figured out the right way to do it and everybody copied it. Yep. So it's a series that's well-loved by a lot of people but hated by others and it's had a complicated life. But So that's why it was kickstarted. So the thing is, is when you kickstart something, typically one of the rewards is, oh, I want a copy of this Right, I want to put money in this game, I want this game. And the thing is, is that at the time, the Epic Game Store did not exist when this was funded. So you had a lot of people assuming that this would be a Steam release. Right, because everyone has Steam. Yeah, and then opting into that tier, thinking that they were going to get a copy of the game on Steam. Mm -hmm. So Epic taking this uh, exclusive means that all those people who thought they were going to get Steam versions are not. They're going to get Epic Store versions. Now, to most people, this would not matter, because most people would just be happy to play the game. However, because the internet is the internet, yep. people are angry over nothing and pissed off because they don't want to download another client. Because they don't want to sign up for Epic Games to right. play something they've already paid for. Right. So that's why these guys at Epic are actually doing kind of a nice thing and offering these refunds. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Is it refund of your yes, which refund of your entire investment. That's pretty cool. Which is depending on how much you put in over time, right? Could be a big chunk of money you could get <laughs> automatically back. Yeah, I really wonder if like they will honor this for the people who spent hundreds of dollars on the Kickstarter. Right, well, that person it. probably exists. Well, yeah, because you get your your two hundred dollar investment back, and then when the game actually finally comes out, you can right. buy it. <laughs> For twenty bucks or whatever, forty bucks it is. Epic store, sixty bucks. Uh, But yeah, no, Epic Epic Games will refund your investment entirely. Uh, Sweeney, or yeah, see, uh, Tim Sweeney took to Twitter to deliver the statement saying, "Quote: Epic is funding the cost of all Kickstarter refunds resulting from Shenmue 3's move to Epic Game Store." He notes that this decision is to ensure Wynet's development budget remains unaffected by its refunds. Uh, so, which means that your Kickstarter is essentially becoming moot. As no. their No, because it's... Well, no, no, essentially, yes. It's what got it to this point. But yeah, but like, but it's not... But this game will also come out on consoles. That's the thing. Yeah. That there are other places where this game will live. And, like, it might not even be a permanent Epic exclusivity. It might be a timed Epic exclusivity, but that still makes people mad. So, really, it's just a bunch of people who whined enough where the, the company that made the exclusive deal thought, well, we could probably, like, like, spend a little bit of extra money to shut up these fans. 
That's literally all this is. Right, but if I have the opportunity to get my $2,000 investment back... <laughs> yeah, but... I'm going to do it. <laughs> I also, though, I want to believe that the person who spent $2,000 on a kick... This imaginary person we're making up. Yes. Because I don't think anybody actually spent that much on They're the tiered rewards. Yeah, but I can't imagine that, that there was a $2,000 tier. Uh, for this, at least. Maybe for other Kickstarters, but maybe not this one. But, like... I can't imagine that that person is the same person who would be complaining and want a refund. Right. I think that person just wants to play however they can. Like, yeah, a lot of people have been looking forward to this game, but there are extremes, and there's definitely a line of fanaticism that you can cross, and I think a lot of people have crossed it here. <laughs> who was surprised? No. Uh, no one's surprised. All right, do you have any thoughts on no. games? Well, I mean, yeah, I played some more uh, the show. I mean, last time we talked about it, I said it hadn't really dove into it yet. Yeah. Um, well, you made it to the majors. But yeah, like I called up to the Angels. I'm pitching in the major leagues now. I'm in the show. You made it say. to the show. Pitching a little, not as strong as I was. I'm not pitching any no-hitters anymore. Did, did it take you longer than you thought? No. No? It took me, actually, it was very quick. Okay. I had, I paid, what it did, what did it was I played the All-Star game. Uh, the minor league All-Star yes. game. And got called up immediately after the All-Star Right, because you made it to the All-Stars. Yes. And you pitched it I, I literally pitched the All-Star game. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess at that point, that was me knowing, like, apparently I'm good enough at this where they're going to call me. Well, no, they do, like, a, a Futures All-Star game where they yeah, do that. Yeah, So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It, it took way shorter than it did the first time uh, that I played the show. But, yeah, uh, I'm still enjoying it. It's cool now to be on the Major League team because I'm interacting with real people. Like I can give that you actually know. I gave Cole Calhoun, uh, Calhoun a, a, a pep talk <laughs> uh, because he had been underperforming, just like real life. Uh, no, that's, that's not fair. He's not as bad as Cozart. Anyway, Cozart, Cozart. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's cool to actually talk to the real teammates. That's like neat. Oh yeah, I talked to Otani, yeah. and I didn't need a translator. <laughs> I was like, mm, how am I understanding this man? Um, I should have asked him what his favorite kind of bed was. Uh, the, the bed Otani chooses. <laughs> but yeah, it's still fun. I'm not like because I'm in the majors. The 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 uh, the competition's a little fiercer. I played the Oakland A's and I did not face the always intense Matt Chapman. I was like, why is he not in the lineup today? Oh, it's not happy. Matt Chapman was an All Star this year. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, and he was almost the MVP because he was up to bat with bases loaded. All he do was to get, hit a grand slam and he would be automatically MVP. Oh, uh, it wasn't. Didn't happen. He was not intense at the time. He was not intense. <laughs> he was, for but, one time, he was not. But the fact that he was an All Star is that yeah. yes, our he was favorite the always Matt Chapman. intense Matt Chapman. Yes. Oh, he was also in the home run derby. Oh, well, of course he was. Yeah. He's always intense. He's super intense. Uh, but That's yeah. where he spent all his intensity. So, yeah, it's still good. I'm still enjoying it. It's still just a baseball game, though. So, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm okay. having fun. Okay. Uh, I played the mobile game Arch Hero, Arch Hero uh, for the sole reason that it kept popping up with my ads, so okay. I downloaded it so it would stop popping up. I, I, I almost, almost hesitant to ask what it is because I pretty much probably already know what it is. You already know what it is. Okay, it's, it's mobile game circa 2019. Yeah. It's you collect characters and they do stuff and you fight with them. Uh, no. <laughs> it, this is not that. They're thinking of AFK. Okay. Uh, AFK Arena. No, Arch Hero is you're an archer and you uh -huh. shoot your arrow and you collect power-ups, but they only go through that run. And so oh, it's run-based. It's run-based. So this is a roguelike. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's run-based. Um, you run around. You have to stand still to shoot your arrows to kill the enemies. Um, <laughs> you get coins to power yourself up. 
um, to help you out to help you clear things along the way. Okay. Um, it's yeah. fine. It, it's, it's, the ads are super annoying. Yeah. But now that the ads are no longer there, the game is fine. Um, not worth downloading though. I think I'm just gonna end yeah. playing it soon. Uh, because I, I got finally got past the first level uh, and I immediately died like the next level. Uh, yeah, you don't want that. Well, because each level, each world is 50 levels or 50 like doorways. And so after I got through that, went to the next world and I died like two doorways in. I was like, uh, now I have to go through this whole thing again. And it took me like a week to do the other thing. And I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm not going to be super invested in this because it wants me to pay, hit the paywall to. To advance, I was like, nah, nah, that ain't me. Nah, <laughs> that nice try. I downloaded your game so I'd stop watching your ads, but, you know, but, nah. Yeah, nah. I enjoyed it for, like, the first time around, but, you know, trying to do this for five more worlds or whatever it is. Not worth no, it. not worth it. <laughs> Mobile games, not worth it. But what is worth it is subscribing to us, the Media Boat Podcast. Yes, because it's time to plug is that it does it for video games, that does it for the Media Boat Podcast for this week. So, we have been the Media Boat Podcast. We are a podcast that is available both in video form and in audio. If you want to see us live in video form, we have that available to you via YouTube. Just search YouTube for Media Boat Podcast. Find our page, like and subscribe to our channel, and click that bell for notifications whenever we go live, typically Wednesday nights around 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, You can also hear the audio version, though. That's available on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts and any RSS feed driven podcast service you might have access to. Just pop in Media Boat Podcast, look for us, and you'll probably find us. Subscribe to us and listen to our archive of many, many episodes in the past. You can also find us in social media world. We're on Twitter um, at Media Boat Cast. Facebook, just search Media Boat Podcast, find our page, like, comment, please tell us your feedback. We love it. Uh, go on to uh, Patreon.com if you want to help us with money. We're Media Boat Podcast. Patreon.com slash Media Boat Podcast on there, I think. We know Media Boat. I think just Patreon.com slash Media Boat. Go there and you can donate as little as a dollar a month. That helps us, believe it or not. That little amount helps us pay for both the hosting for this podcast as well as hosting our website, MediaBoatPodcast.com, where you can go see our archive of written work uh, from the last couple of years. You can also see us on twitch.tv slash MediaBoat when we're playing a video game or two. Uh, go on there and see. I'm sure you just wrapped up or are still continuing the critical run on Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, yes, I've been streaming my critical run of Kingdom Hearts 3. I am currently in the final like three-hour lore-based heavy <laughs> yeah. segment of actually playing Kingdom Hearts the game. Fine. Uh, but <laughs> as I've been going through in our critical mode, I've also been unfortunately to my detriment wanting to do 100% on this run for some uh, reason don't do that to yourself I've already done it uh, I've already collected all the uh, all the, all the treasures as I've gone through I've already hit all the hidden Mickeys I've gone through I've already <laughs> done all the recipes uh, um, I'm currently might do all the Google, Moogle, Google stuff the Moogle stuff you can Google that Moogle I'm going to Moogle that stuff Moogle that Google yeah uh, but I may do that after I find the time to sit down and play the next five hours of this game uh, because like the cutscenes continue like three hours of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in all my deaths too. Well, well, 
We'll see you continue that then. Yeah, uh, I should be beating that the next time I plug in. Yeah. Alright, well, that's all of the plugs we have, so we'll be back next week for another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, and probably around our regularly scheduled time. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. Alright, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week for more thoughts and news and video games and stuff. Everything under the sun. Alright, bye. bye.